0: Bring me the next shiny new thing bring me the next shiny new thing bring me the next shiny new thing bring me the next
1: shiny new thing hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the big bad big cast i'm your host brett also known as geek over 40 and with me today i'm joined by zach you may know on instagram as Figure fox i never say these names out loud Go ahead and say hi, Zach.
0: Oh, hey. <laughs> it's
1: like, I always read them. I never say them. Um, yeah, right. So this, this is Zach's first time in the co-host chair. Uh, you may remember him from episode five when we did our rantisode, but this is his long overdue, you know, singular co-host experience. So um, as you already know, if you listen to episode five, he's, he's a longtime collector of customs. And while he may be focused a bit more on Citizen Brick these days, he does bring with him his own personal knowledge and experience as a pad printer. So that will help along with uh, talking with our next guest. And today Absolutely. is a very special episode as we are joined by arguably one of the most favorited brands currently in the custom market. They just had their third anniversary back in January and have quickly built a reputation for consistent quality, a quick production cycle, and most of all, community engagement. They've been a huge supporter of my efforts to help foster a positive environment with the most recent example of having donated some of their many figures that served as giveaway prizes for my monthly geek exchange market event ladies and gentlemen i like to welcome jack but you may know him as Jocko brick jack go ahead and say hi hello hello <laughs> i feel like we need
0: like applause and cheers like wow <laughs> Clapping. i
1: need a soundboard
2: i'm <laughs> i'm so nervous this is the <laughs> first time ever like ever that i'm talking like actually talking and sharing like the behind the scenes about Jock Hubbard to this community. So it's a first. Thank you for having me, Brad and Zach.
1: It's a first for us because, uh, well, you know, we've had, well, currently we've already had Phoenix Customs on and Adam Adam is great, but uh, sitting over here in the U.S. and Adam being in the U.S., those types of arrangements are quite easy. So to drop this this geographical wall, so to speak, and get a chance to talk to um, an Eastern-based brand. So I think we're breaking new ground here.
0: Yeah, this is really cool.
1: Um, okay, so just from the start, we've had questions from the audience uh, that that I fielded through an IG story. And I've sort of sprinkled them throughout this interview. So we're not going to just do a separate Q&A. We're just going to bring it all together to tell that quick, easy narrative. But the number one question I had from some folks is, is it Jaka? Is it Jacka? Is it Yaka? It's Jaka. So my name is Jack, right?
2: But when I was creating this brand, I didn't just want to have my name as the brand name. But I still wanted some sort of connection between my names. Um, Someone important to me has the name that starts with K-A. So I just combined like the two. So Jaka, boom. It was nothing really complicated. It's just two names combined together. So it's Jaka. It took me a while to figure that
1: out. But you are not a one one man show. You, you know, we, in our talks, you mentioned a team. Like, how big is your team?
2: So um, currently, we have around five to six. Because I say around because originally we had four, including me. But as the demand uh, is going higher and higher, we are now expanding. So our current members one is our main 2D designer who makes the print for the figures. For most of the figures, people see that we release is mostly from him, but not all. And we have a 3D designer who makes the parts. And there is a photographer to take the photos and um, send it to me, who also sometimes helps with other stuff when he's free, like designing, finding references and such. And for our new members, we also have a digital designer um, who is capable of designing, rendering, and all that digital work. There's also one 3D designer who have just joined our team. And yeah, I'm not going to talk about him much, but you'll be seeing his work very soon. And he's very talented.
1: Okay, cool. So, and there's me. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) I forgot to mention myself. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Well, how do I put this? I'm basically the person who really just keeps everything and everyone together. Like, I make sure everything is actually moving forward and is um, moving forward according to plan. And I'm also in charge of like the communication and advertising aspects, such as Instagram posts, contacting resellers, factories, customers, and all that. It's mainly. Like when you go on Instagram and text Jaka Brick, it's mainly me who respond to your messages. And I also sometimes help with other stuff here and there when needed, like designing, rendering, and that. So it's pretty much a group of talented people that came together, joined by passion, is how I would put it.
1: Do they all collect um, custom figs themselves, or are they just fans of the creative process?
2: Yeah, they're all Lego collectors.
1: So cool. I like, I like the idea that you've, so you basically, you've created a cadre of of employees that all can specialize in a unique skill rather than trying to do a little bit of everything, which is great because, you know, there's that old phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. And then basically, so you're just serving as the creative director and comms director. Yeah. That explains why your design language has been pretty consistent. I mean, you've had the same designer since the beginning, right? Well,
2: we also sometimes work with other like designers that are really talented in this community, such as Marcus. You might know him as um MiniFix PSD and Lucas, who helps us with um, the promo arts, the portraits, and for who we've recently collabed with, and some other designers as well, like Adam himself and
1: right, right. I just noticed that I was so I went through your catalog of Instagram posts. Uh, last night, and I was just looking back so far, and I was like, "Wow, the the Jaka um, Gwen Gwen Stacy fig, you know, the render, the presentation, and the, your most recent fig presentations—they're—they're—they've evolved over time, but there's still that that core similarity to them. So I think that's great because it, it brings that sense of consistency. You know, as collectors, we we like to know what we see is what we get. And your, your renders have always been pretty true to life to what your initial 2D drawings are going to be.
0: I, lo- I love that Spider-Gwen figure.
1: It's still that's one like, of my favorites.
0: It's It really is. And I, I it's like the side hair printing. I just thought that was so clean at the time. Like, it's still... You just did the
1: well, Cyberpunk character. Three years ago.
0: Yeah, it, you just did the Cyberpunk character too without like side hair printing. And I just... That's like one of the main reasons I picked that up. Um, well, I, I was impressed.
1: I didn't even see it until I had it in hand, but that little eyebrow piercing that she has that's on the face. I can't believe right. you pulled that off. You know I, what?
2: I, I, I like that figure.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it. And you know what? You can settle a debate with me um, that I have, I've had with a few friends and Zach, you might know where I'm going with this in our, in our group chat. It's natural for collectors to want to compare figs from different brands. And I, I had to fight this battle explaining that is the spider verse movie Gwen, not the comic book Gwen. Can we agree with that?
2: Well the designer we had for Gwen, I don't I'm not sure what what kind of reference he used, but when we assigned this character to him, I used a comic book.
1: No! Book. Oh man <laughs> oh,
0: no. <Yeah>. I really <laughs> that was
1: a that's a surprise. I'm gonna cut this from the podcast. <laughs> Oh man! If oh, okay. I remember
2: correctly, that is.
1: Well, because it has a, that really cool, unique halftone uh, patterning going on on the spotty suit, and that's that's why I assumed it. Wait,
2: was- wait, 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 wait! Yeah, now that you're mentioning, because the hair and the 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 texture and stuff, I
0: probably wait. Because it's like the side. It's now. A, yeah, it's the cut.
2: shaved
1: head and all that. Yeah.
2: Stuff. Then it probably is from the Spider-Verse. Yes. All right. The <laughs> Yes. right. Vindicated. Yes.
1: <laughs> Scare me for a second. Su- I'm like sweating in my chair, man. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I was going to hear so much shit from the folks that told me, you know, told you it's just like Adams. Like, no, it's not. It's not meant to be the same thing. Stop comparing. But <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. I, a little tangent. I do that sometimes. Yeah,
2: it was too long ago. <laughs> I can't remember correctly.
1: So, okay, well, going back, your first, your first fig was Flash, or, uh, well, it was a Flash ring was your first post on Instagram. Then you did Flash. Uh, then you did Gwen. Uh, it's quite a different jump in franchises and genres. So what would you say drives the choice of characters you select, and, like, how do you prioritize those?
2: Well, it's pretty much mostly the characters we like. And as a fan of those big franchises like Marvel, DC and Star Wars and all those, I feel like our preference is pretty similar to what our customer would want to see. So it's pretty much what we like then, what we observe, what the others like. It's a mixture of both. That's how I put it. So we like to have a releasing schedule of a mixture of what the customer wants and what we actually like. Because when we first created this brand, the intention was to make the figures that we wanted, but Lego didn't have. I'm not sure if I answered that.
1: No, no, it makes perfect sense. In fact, that I'm dropping episode six this morning um, after our interview. And um, one of the things Marcus and I touch on in the rant episode is the fact that too often collectors get caught up with brands all doing the same character and what I try to explain from an alternate perspective is that these brands are not trying to build your collection they're trying to build their own personal libraries Because a lot of these brands are fans themselves they're they also collect and they either see a unique design challenge or they just really um, have a personal attachment to that character or they just like the design of that character and they want to see it in their style it's not necessarily them building a fig, hoping it fits in nicely with all the other figs that you're collecting from other brands. Yeah.
0: I guess like for that, um, and maybe Brett, you can speak to this later if this is gonna come up, but when choosing those um like what you're passionate about or what you know y'all think would be like a fun figure to make, um, when you go back and do like a figure like Saul Goodman, I know that's like under the Jock of Light brand. Like how when you go back and kind of do some older um IP or something like that. How does that come about? Well, it's not just something so recent.
2: So, so for so good men, that that one was actually recommended by a lot of customers. And at one point, we we just told them that okay, well, enough of you have spoken. So <laughs> yeah, we're doing cool. It. But awesome. for um, yeah, but for old characters such as our recent maybe. Killmonger, I would say he's he's not that recent. We did him because we really liked the character ourselves. And we didn't have a chance to make him before. And we're not getting uh, a new figure from Lego. So we just decided to make him. And the Black Panther movie, the second one was coming out around the time. So we just thought we'd make him. And then Arna Moore. So it's like a little series yeah. between them.
0: I have that figure coming. It's, I'm excited to receive it. Looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
2: All I wanted to say, like I was speaking nonsense. Okay. First of all, I want to apologize in advance for making like any mistake or like in English because English is not my native language. And I tend to make a lot of mistake when talking, especially when I'm nervous, and which I'm super nervous right now.
1: Um, oh, no, you're doing great, man. No.
0: Yeah. I just wanna, <laughs> you I sound just wanna fine. I can understand everything. Advance. and. D- Jack, you're, you're doing great. I, you're
1: enunciating better than I do. Okay. Okay? I'm a yeah, speaker.
0: I tend to slur. I like bread. <laughs> uh,
1: on these okay. episodes, I tend to edit my own voice more than anybody else's. And I don't know if it's because I just hate the sound of my own voice or just because I get caught up in my own. My brain goes faster than my mouth does. So I trip up on my own words a lot. And uh, yeah, you got nothing to apologize right. for.
2: Yeah, all I wanted to say was that our preference does not conflict with what we are releasing. Cause what we're releasing is basically what the fans, the customers want mostly. So we have no problem right now balancing what we like and what the customers like and what which one are we deciding to release. I hope cool. that is your question.
1: So you it mentioned does. you mentioned the more or name more for those who say it that way. I remember when the no was announced, I had asked about the accessories that were going to come with that because there were so many possibilities. And Killmonger, of course, comes with his two weapons. Yeah. How do you decide for these characters that have a, a bevy of weapons and accessories to choose from? How do you decide which ones to produce? Um, so that like so like say with Paz, you just announced obviously he's going to have his minigun or with Bo-Katan, you've got the shield, you've got the pistol. I understand there are some iconic accessories, but how do you decide which accessories to produce for which fig?
2: So we first we would reference Lego. So we would pretend ourselves to be like Lego designers and say, Well, if we were Lego, would we include this accessory or we would we just print it? Oftentimes when it comes to things that needs to be molded to be made into a 3d part we we would then design it and print it out as a prototype and then put it on a figure and see if it actually looks consistent with our style in real life and how we evaluate it is if will look cool but not too much as a i wouldn't say knockoff but that kind of figure
1: i see you what you're saying. What saying yeah no um yeah so we have this um we've had this discussion in the past not to draw comparisons, but I would say you and, say, like, Phoenix Customs can fall in that line where you lean more towards Lego design than full-on custom design. Like, say, many of the Higgs factory with their Lord of the Rings, you know, type stuff with all their heavy molds and giant shields and armors and stuff. So you've got, like, Lyle Brick doing their historical Chinese history characters that are all these elaborate designs. But then... Say like your homelander, it's just simply a cape and some shoulder pads. So yeah,
2: that's the kind of figures that I, that I was referring to. And when it comes to parts that we made and it looked like that, we just uh, switch back to printing. So it's gotcha. like a decision made in prog pro- process.
0: If you were to like print an accessory on the figure rather than just like have the figure have it be a separate accessory they can hold. I know some people print accessories like on, like maybe a pistol, they'll like print it on the waist belt or something like that. Is that a choice you'd ever make? Or?
2: No, not really. Because um, okay. for one <laughs> cool. figure that I can recall is the Punisher figure that had a pistol holder, if I remember correctly, right? And then we, we didn't keep the gun in the holder because we know <laughs> that we were going to include a pistol, like a molded pistol. So we just decided not to put a gun in the holder, if that's a question you're asking.
0: No, that, it, it does. It was, that's, um, yeah, just like a personal preference thing um, for accessories. I'm like, oh, hmm, that's printed on there, which is just a preference thing. Um, but cool. Thanks for answering that.
1: So so basically, to summarize, you basically, you, you do iter- iterative design, you know, piece by piece to seeing how they progress. You fail fast so that you know right away if it's going to work or not. So you can adjust on the fly rather than just committing to a design that looks good in a 3D render to make sure you're on the right path um, and provide that iteration so that you can adjust as needed based on any kind of difficulties that you come up with. We're going to go ahead and um, go into the methodology of your production and uh, this is and I'm going to bring up some things that you probably have already heard before. But there are a lot of times, like you said, you're passionate about certain characters, but there are a lot of brands that are passionate about the same characters. So you tend to see a lot of brands producing, like, you know, Tobey Maguire Spider Man's or Andrew Garfield Spider Man's or whatever. Do you ever feel influenced by what you consider market saturation? Or, you know, do you like, do you ever like want to make something, but you're like, there's just too many out there already? And if you do decide to make it, how how do you try to make it stand out so that people realize it's worth getting? Because they're not going to be like, oh, I already have this other brand's figure.
2: Well, there are definitely characters that I want to make, but it was well made already. For example, Iron Man. I I loved Iron Man. Um, for a period of time, my phone case was Iron Man. My wall um, background um, was Iron Man. I had a bat sheet that was Iron Man. And when I started making custom Legos, I wanted to make Iron Man, obviously. But there was—I I can't remember which year it was—but there was one year or two years, maybe. People were just releasing Iron Man, like there are at least ten brands that were releasing Iron Man's, like Lap Nine, Funny Brick, Dragon Mountain, Brick, Dragon Brick, yeah, UG, and other brands like Countless Hobby Brick and at that point everyone was collecting them but soon after that people were getting so sick of it that when we talk about iron man they would just be oh my god not again
0: so <laughs> my last episode
1: I, <laughs> just thinking
0: <like> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and and then when i re- when when i wanted to make iron man i i didn't have i just didn't have the motivation and the courage to make another Iron Man figure, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you, we have, we had plans to make um, Iron Man whole of armor, like all his suits. Our designer wanted to make him for so long, and we we were talking about it, but at the end, I was just like, maybe not, like because mm. we all know how this is gonna end with Top Mountain releasing their Iron Man. I don't think we would stand a chance now releasing all the iron man suits but we will release some though we had we have our age of ultra lineup and there is going to be an iron man and we'll see the rest
0: cool what's your favorite suit your favorite mark my favorite suit oh
2: i'm i don't know um too many marks, mark 6 i love that's that a good one.
0: yeah that's one of my favorites top and... 3 for sure I have to say the same because
1: anything before the nanotech is my favorite just because I feel mm -hmm. like it's more real.
2: I think that's the Iron Man, the kind of Iron Man that we grew up with.
1: Were
0: you excited to print? I know you did the the printing for Nostalgia. Were you like super pumped to do that classic Iron Man for them?
2: Yeah, definitely. When I first heard their idea that they were only going to do like comic accurate characters i was i agreed to them immediately that I was i was going to help because it was just too unique of an idea ironic ironically no one is doing right now
1: well, at the time and they're
2: stepping up and,
1: and now the they've time, ins- yes and now the they've time. inspired other brands to start doing it
2: <laughs> yes,
1: yes. <laughs> which is you know, love to see it, it. Uh, i'll keep my comments to myself but you know i think that's a great yeah, example of somebody
2: what, i know what you mean
1: somebody somebody came with a great idea and i mean now in the past they like say like brothers figure was doing classic comic characters for a while and ling is doing comic-based characters not everyone has done but nostalgia when they did those iron man suddenly you know everyone's like "Well, we're gonna do classic iron man too
0: so the the presentation matters you know i just felt like nostalgia came correct with the way they presented that figure and that release and the, the fact that you handled is cool. the print, right. You handled the, the fact the you handled the printing is amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was it uh, really attractive. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm, I was really, and the prints are clean. I've got them. I've got both the iron mans and I've got the captain America and I know Thor is on its way, but that I was really impressed with um, the price point on those. And I don't know how they pull that off. Yeah. So, so back and tracking a little bit. So you got the, you've got a catalog, large catalog of characters that you've created. And I'm sure you have a lot more in development. But are there any figs that, looking back, you're like, you want to do a version 2? Like, you feel like the either the technology's advanced or your design ideas have advanced. So that you're like, uh, we did good for the time, but we know we can do better and we'd like to try it again.
2: Right, definitely. There are definitely a few characters that we have in mind. And looking back, we did a version two for Homelander. And the first version was three years ago. And when we did the new one, we did a a comprehensive update from the printing, the 3D custom parts, the, the design and everything was an update. And now that we look back to more of those early stage figures, we think that now we are capable of making them better. And one figure in particular I want to do a version two of is Spider-Gwen. Funny that we mentioned her earlier. <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah,
2: because um, first it was an old design and the new movie is coming out and it, it, she's relevant. And I don't know if you guys noticed, I, I know Bratton noticed, but we are moving towards not having any sight prints. Because we felt that the sight prints were a bit sometimes forced onto the figure and that they just not doesn't look good. So while our first version of Spider-Gwen had the sight prints, we want to make a version of her not having that forced sight print on the torso and maybe do some improvements on her hood piece and her hair. I feel like we can do
1: that. I don't. I don't know how you can improve the hair. Honestly, I loved it.
0: But yeah, that hair perfect.
1: Just reprint it and slap it on there. You're good. Go. Yeah, we did have a conversation about the side printing because uh, going through the catalog, I know some had and some did not. But you had mentioned like for Namor, he he has side printings because she felt it made sense. Do you, do you want to just touch on that real quick?
2: Yeah, because he had that belt, that very heavy belt that um, goes around his body, and it just felt weird weird sorry not having that belt on him we we imagined him not having that site site printing and it was it was kind of weird and then we just wanted to put it up there and do him justice and for figures yeah we are still going to have a few figures that are going to have site printing such as our Thor figures because all our previous Thors had site printing and we want to keep it consistent we wouldn't just want like four of our previous Thor figures have side printing and suddenly the rest blank.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. No, and like I said, we said earlier, collectors like consistency. If they can put all the Thors together and they look like a uniformed collection, that's great. So on the flip side of wanting to do a version two, is there anything that you feel that you've just like 100% nailed it? Like there's no way it can get any better that you're most proud of?
2: Well, I, I, I say that there's always room for improvement because as we are um, challenging ourselves to get better and better, but as of what we are capable of doing now, one figure, I think that is very close to perfect. I think it's, it's, it's Frigga, so matter.
1: Mm. I think oh, we, that, yeah, yes. Yeah. That was my, one of my top if, 10 figs for last year.
2: Yeah, because I think the hairpiece and the that new dress—it's just—I don't like, think there's
1: yeah. type room printing
0: improvement. It. Yeah,
1: it was great, and yeah. then and honestly, you got the face perfect. You got that little smirk in there. Um, was yeah, that printed that, on
0: on light aqua? That Lego uh, color mold I think it's on. It's just it's a yeah. beautiful figure. So, and I just it, love that color.
1: It's. I was really excited about it because I've been I've been um, complaining that I want a proper Thor figure. I mean, a new Thor a proper Odin figure for a long time. I was like, I want an Odin figure. I don't want his. I don't want a giant helmet on him. I just want him as he shows up with his beard and his hair and his iPad. And once I saw that, I was excited. And then I saw Frigga next to it, and I was like, Holy shit! This is awesome that thing sold out fast. I re- I remember when that went on sale and people just gobbled it up. And I yeah, think there was, there's an untapped market for certain characters that people don't realize that brands don't realize customers want. Um,
0: like, like more women,
1: more women, uh, more minority women. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been no, or, or, you know, I mean, everyone picks a Shuri cause you know, black Panther, but I think, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a cultural situation or or what, but Jack, you've been doing really good about nailing some of these untapped markets. Like you recently did uh, the Cyberpunk. You did the Chosen One, and that was really cool. And I had not actually seen... So <laughs> this was one of those weird ones where I hadn't watched the anime yet, so I didn't get the fig, but now having seen the anime and then having watched it again, I want the fig. <laughs> So, so yeah. uh, I know Mini Legogo has one for sale. I might hit him up. But um, did you ever? You yeah. Well, I know for the for the folks who have not seen the cyberpunk anime, please go do it. It's on Netflix. It's phenomenal. Please. You, you please, can watch it one one do. day. You know, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's not a very long series, but it's so good. Um, and please go watch it. Yeah. So, and you can hear the passion in your voice, Jack. But that being said. Did you have any plans of doing additional characters for (laughs) the (laughs) series? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Rebecca Figg would be really cool or Kiwi. Any thoughts at all?
2: Well, I'm glad that you asked. I would love to. I've been asked too many times. Well, not too many, but a few times by now. And I would love to because I think David turned out great and I, I really hope I can reunite him with Lucy once and for all <laughs> that's the least I can do, but, but I'm not sure. She, she's quite the character to design and with the show being more than half a year ago, I'm not super confident about how well the community is going to, how she is going to receive uh well-received by the community.
1: Well, um, I put it out to the listeners in the podcast, either through Instagram or on the YouTube version of this podcast. Leave your comments if you would like some additional cyberpunk figs. And then, you know, in the past, you know, Jack, we've done polls. I don't know if we can talk about this now, but, you know, we did a poll or I did a poll a while back for a fig that got overwhelming support. Can we talk about it?
2: If you want to. I mean. But no (laughs) problem How, how fast we'll get that particular figure completed but if you want to talk about yes
1: okay I'll- so like i did a poll a while back for forever forever's queen ramonda and you know i pushed and pushed and pushed and did a poll and so far it looks good but you know other priorities are coming into play which i understand completely from a business perspective so no timetable promises but that shows the power of polls, uh, Jack. If you would like, when you when you feel you have a moment to breathe, which I'm sure is never, uh, I can put a poll up and we can see. Um, Let's I do get, it. I, all right. Well, we'll, we'll t- tell you what we'll do is we'll do a um, we'll do a poll for Cyberpunk, and then we'll do a poll per character. Okay. And then we can do like a maybe like a a bracketed tier bracket, you know, face off. See which one's the priority, but
2: yep, let's uh, do it. All right. Well, Well, I want that. You know, it's not like I don't want to. I really want to.
1: Right, but we got to prove the demand is there. Yeah, because this is not cheap, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to, you know, a stockpile sitting in the back of the warehouse, not unsold, because that's just a waste of money for you. Yeah. So I I totally get it. That actually falls in my next question, which was going to ask about which characters you wish you can make (laughs) that you fear whether it it will sell or not. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, Lucy, there you go. And um, there's more, though. There's more. People have asked me this question, and um, for one, um, there's a series, Netflix series called La Casa de Papel. In English, it was um, what's it called? Money Heist. Yeah. Oh, okay. I loved. Yeah, I loved that show, and I loved the characters. I loved the ending. I loved it. And I just really wanted to have the whole crew in the form of minifigures, but then, yeah, it's, it's not gonna sell well. I knew. So I just didn't even bother to mention it to the team like and stuff.
1: <laughs> well, you did now.
2: <laughs> well, okay. <laughs>
1: um, so moving into like your production methodologies and whatnot. So, um, Jack, we're just gonna skip around a little bit in the production area because you're talking about taking risks on figs. Was that what's prompted the start of the, the light fig line? So like, say like Luke Cage was printed. You did, you did two torsos. Thank you, by the way. Again, another poll got us bullet holes, a bullet hole sweatshirt. But, um, yeah, you did a job, but, that, but he had no printed legs or anything like that. It was just a head and torso and the arms. Um, so that kept costs down. You had that light packaging. That was really good. If you have these other figs that you're willing to produce, are some of them eligible for like light? Does that help cut your production costs or are these characters you're so passionate about? You don't want to cut corners and you want to do the full blown design.
2: How we determine what characters, um, that are going to be made into a regular Jaka figure or a light figure is that first of all, we see if this character, uh, have a complex costumes, a costume. if, This character, for example, Saul Goodman, he he was just in his suit and didn't require much detail on the arms. So we just kept him simple. And we saved a lot of effort, time and money on him. And so will the customers. So it's basically a win-win situation. But for the characters that might receive much more love and much more demand, we tend to give it all because we don't want to leave regrets. We don't want to have customers come into us and ask, why does him not have leg printing, arm printing? So we just not hold back and give it all.
1: Okay. So the life figs, obviously, he said, give you a uh, faster production speed. I would say if Jaka has become known for anything in the last year or so, it is speed and your um, transition out of a period of COVID and catching back up to ramping up production has been pretty unrivaled. Do you feel it's fair people compare you to other brands with your speed? Or is there anything you feel the audience should know to make them understand the circumstances of production that affects speed between brands? Now, I don't know the particulars about your factory arrangements. Sometimes it just comes down to paying the factory more than the other guy. I don't know. But is there anything you want to touch on regarding your speed up? Help people understand how it's possible.
2: Right. You mentioned that if it's fair when people compare us with other brands, and I really don't encourage that because we all have different situations. For example, there are brands that are uh, established by only one man. Like he is, he is a one man band, and there are workshops that has more than ten people working on those designs and printing so there's really like it's not comparable there's different capacity of capacity of how much work they can accomplish within the same amount of time and we as a brand that has been established for three years we know how the process flows but some of those some of those newcomers don't and they will yet but not yet they need time to get used to how things work from one stage to another. And I really understand that. So those different circumstances, those different situations makes each of the brands unique and it's not comparable with one another. And maybe if you give them some time, and when they take their time to get the hang of it, you will see how they have come from the beginning to what we or where we are right now, because we all started from the beginning. So I think everyone deserves that time to learn the process and get better.
1: I think, I think that's very and, fair. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. I love and, hearing that.
2: And I get when people are too scared to order like figs from a new brand, and I understand that maybe you can wait and see like how that brand is going to go for their next three or four releases. If you see there is an incline in their production, like turnaround time or their quality, that's a good sign because they took their time and stepped up. All I'm saying is that everyone deserve like the time to adjust.
1: Right. And I think this also comes down to uh, what has been mentioned in the last two episodes regarding the uh, brand's responsibility in communicating with their customers, or at least the brands communicating to the resellers who should then communicate to the customers uh, regarding timelines and uh, you know any kind of production snafus that may delay something. There's a lot going on behind the scenes if you have a problem with the factory, or the factory has its own internal problems, like what if its machines break, or there's a mass quitting, or they have a, another COVID lockdown, or there's a whole host of things that can go on outside of the brand's, uh, you know, control that they have to adjust to. And I think as long as as long as the communication's consistent and people can hear what's happening on a fairly regular basis. You know, I think that helps mitigate any sort of you know anger. So if you know delays are fine, I think I don't think anyone's, well, uh, any moderately experienced collector in this uh, custom world knows you know delays happen and that's fine. It's just you know knowing that things are still coming and you know no one, the brand hasn't you know run off with your money or you know given up on the project. Just little things like hey. Got a test print, send it back for a few fixes. I think those little things go a long way. Or hey, there's been a logistics problem and they're out of, they can't find the parts we need, so we're waiting on those. Those types of updates, I think, are great and uh, can even make the most uh, nervous collector feel at ease, knowing that there's something being done behind the scenes.
0: I think being active in the community, which you are, which Jaka is, I think that's been incredible to see and. In- It just gives me like anytime I pre-order one of your figs, I'm not really concerned about delivery or I know it'll come when it's scheduled and that you're working on it. So it's always
1: nice. Yeah. Uh, In regards to the custom fig process, like what do you feel is your most difficult challenge from start to finish? What part do you feel is the part that kind of gets you nervous and concerned about how things are going to go?
2: Well, each, I would say each individual Stage is not that complicated, it's not that hard. But when all of them come together, it's really a hassle. It's The hardest thing is definitely keeping everything together and keep it flowing. Because, um, for example, 2021, I think, was our hardest time. Our factory back then was super uh, irresponsive. And at one point, they just ran away with our production fee so everything was on a complete pause and customers were after us with their orders designers were not getting paid enough and i was on the very edge of giving up so keeping everything going like if one of the stage goes wrong everything is put on a pause so keep everything flowing is one of the hardest thing now with the demand getting higher um our designer like they might not be able to fulfill um the demand as these things takes time and sometimes there might be circumstances where it takes more uh time than usual that they're uh, they complete a design or they're completely unable to work for like days or weeks but we can't just leave the schedule behind we have um, our factory agreement to fulfill, we have customers waiting for us. So when those times come, I'd have to figure something out.
0: Just speaking to that, do you feel like at that point, or like, let's say your designer, you know, is pushed to the edge and maybe is working on something, you can't really give them much more, do you call on collabs or? maybe like people who wanted to collab to bring on a design so you can fit it into the production schedule to keep up with those, the factories? Yeah,
2: most of the time we have a few designs available to fill up the gap. But when it comes to times that we don't, we do ask for external help. It's hard when it comes to that because we have to ask, ask designers maybe even to have them design something overnight because we couldn't miss a, a, a slot, so that's what I, that's what I mean when I when I say it's hard keeping everything flowing.
1: And and, and as much as I applauded the idea of you having specialized um, employees that are really good at one single job, that is one of the risks you take of having a single point of failure. So that if one falls out for whatever reason, could be a family matter. Uh, that's that. Yeah, that's a hole that you need to learn how to fill. But you touched on something about losing a slot in the factory, and I don't think I've ever directly addressed this on the podcast or in any sort of Q&A or Instagram live. I had a conversation with an individual um, regarding, uh, and we'll talk about U.S. resellers and stuff later, but I think there's a big misconception about the brands themselves. So Jack, just follow along for a moment and let me ask this one question and then you'll see where I'm going with it. Is this a full-time job for you, or is this a side hobby to your career? And the same, same for your team.
2: This is a side hobby. It's all a part-time hobby for all of us.
1: Now, you see, that's we where I think us. people don't understand. They all are assuming these brands are – they're thinking in, a, in Western terms. They think these are all brands that are designing in-house, printing in-house – they don't understand that this is a, uh, a side job that you do for the passion of the project. I'm sure, yes, you make some money doing it, but ultimately this is just something you do when you have time and you do not print in-house. You rely on factories. You have to buy your space in line at these factories. When they talk all this talk about, well, brands need to explore this and expand that. And your goal, and correct, please correct me if I'm speaking out of turn, Your goal is not to build an empire. Your goal is just to make some figs.
0: Yeah,
2: that's what we want. People really think that we are such a big company that we can just manipulate the factory to produce all the figures all at once. But no, it takes time.
1: It takes time. And you're doing this as you also balance your real-world career and your family life and your social life. And it's not about trying to build a marketplace or, you know, build a larger share of the market and expand, you know, have a worldwide business. It's just some folks that like comic book characters that want to make some minifigures. And I think that's lost on a lot of collectors, especially the newer ones who are still thinking they should order like Amazon where they order a fig and it's supposed to be ready the next day. Exactly. And don't
0: compare to Amazon.
1: Don't compare to Amazon. And you know, what's funny is if, if if you're involved in any sort of boutique hobby about premium collectibles, uh, especially pop culture collectibles like uh, Sideshow, um, Hot Toys, Statues, or Mezco Toys um, in the custom action figure world, these delays are not abnormal. They happen all the time. I actually have a Mezco Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom um, set that I ordered a year ago, and it's not going to be ready for, it's already been delayed like a year that's just the way it goes um, and you have to learn to accept that but a lot of folks don't understand that coming in they they're they're crossing over from Lego or they're coming crossing over from the um, from UV brands that can churn out things quickly and uh, don't have any complicated molds or anything and they they expect satisfaction immediately we know we lived in the internet in the age where we can get anything we want a click of a button but um, I just wanted to make that clear that and I, I mean, I didn't know for sure, but I was I had a pretty good hint that Jocker Brick, one of the top you know brands in the game, is just five folks making figs on the side. And, you know, Phoenix Customs is just one guy making some figs that he enjoys. There are a lot of things outside of their control, but they're doing the best they can. And I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for saying that. And. You know, obviously there are certain products out there that uh, have been long delayed a little bit longer than they should have been um, for whatever reason. And there has no been no communication for them. Those feelings are justified. I say that as a Spidey fan awaiting, you know, Spidey figs. But um, (laughs) the reality is, you know, a lot of these things are outside the brand owner's control. Sorry for that little rant. I just I really want to make sure that was clear that. You guys are not some. Thank you. You don't have some corporate headquarters and an office space.
2: <laughs> well, we that's work. the goal that we're working towards.
0: I have to say.
1: I just said you're not trying to do world domination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, you have you have to turn your hobbies into jobbies.
1: Uh, that's what uh, I say. <laughs> 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 well, you say that, but then I don't think people want to hear ads on this podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i lose money every month putting this stuff together okay well i'm just glad we cleared that up i totally lost my train of thought uh we were talking about light figs we were talking about oh okay so we were talking about your speed there's an ongoing debate about pre-orders right um how there should be no pre-orders and then there's the people that are reminded that some people need to raise that money in order to produce. That's why they have pre-orders. And then you ride the fence. You do both. You have pre-orders and you have ready to ship. So how do you determine which figs are ready to ship and which fall into the pre-order category? Well,
2: so it's a case by case thing. First, maybe we probably had too much release within that month, but we couldn't miss that slot with our factory, so we just keep feeding them with designs to fulfill uh, our our agreement. But we are just saving that particular figure for later when it's ready to ship. That's when uh, that's how our first ready to ship figure came in about. And for other cases, such as Thor for battle suit, we teased earlier. That happened because unknowingly me and adam we planned the release of the same character on the same week and when i saw he i saw his teaser i was like there's no way and then i went to him and we talked about it we agreed on something that works for the both of us and we released something else and Thor is now a ready to ship so it's like a case-by-case thing but There are different circumstances where on how we uh, decide if this figure is going to be ready to ship or pre-order. But there are some downsides on ready to ship figures. I understand that people can get their figures early and um, enjoy them early. But with ready to ship figures, they are made in a limited quantity. So it's destined for some people to miss out right and yeah and for our figures we never do um it's only one run and it's when it's gone it's gone so even for ready to ship figures when it's gone we we wouldn't make it again so that's the downside i would say for ready to ship figures
1: fair enough yeah so yeah for the pre-orders you've been you've been doing open pre-orders lately haven't you yes well, I mean, that's great because I feel like it's a model most most brands are moving towards. And the idea of the limited quantities to push that feeling of collectability, I feel it's falling by the wayside in, in some audiences. Um, you're probably the third brand I can think of right now that's doing open pre-orders.
2: Because we want as much people to get the figures that they want.
1: Speaking of what they want, Star Wars. <laughs> Steadily becoming another mainline genre in the premium custom space for something I said in the first episode that we'd never talk about. I think I've talked about it in every episode. It's unavoidable so far. You've released five star Wars figs. You released um, the announced uh, Paz last week. Um, is this a line you're going to continue or, and do you have any intentions of going, well, you've already gone beyond the Mandalorian show, but are there any other, um, aspects of the Star Wars universe that you like to explore?
2: Right. Um, definitely. Star Wars has become, like you said, one of the main line of genre in the custom community. And at first, it was the customers who wanted us to make Star Wars figures. We kept receiving messages from customers saying, why, why, why don't you um, do some Star Wars figures? You, you, you do a such great job on them. And at one point, we just said, okay, yeah, sure. And luckily, the brand Cold Blood is a friend of mine, and we go way back. So with him together, we were able to create some great Star Wars design. And we are hoping to continue this Star Wars line as people have loved them. And we've personally loved them as well am I being too talkative Zach no. I don't I feel like no, I don't no. I feel like this is not going to be a good episode because no I've been good, talking great.
0: nonsense I think
2: no, no you no. haven't
0: you've been answering your, the questions
1: all right so quick pause so I've been, so, I've, been, I've, been
0: in, I've been interested the whole time I'm yeah just... same
1: I've been listening to everything and don't underestimate what is an everyday thing for you is not for everybody else so they're gonna hang on your every word And um, you're amongst friends here, right? So, all right. So go ahead and resetting. Talked about doing Star Wars figs, but you actually released a set. And I think you're only the second brand I can think of that's actually released sets. Uh, Lock Lock Mock did um, a few dioramas on like square dioramas like Tony Stark Cave and Captain America Chamber. But you created a whole set um, for the high ground. And the reception has been really positive. Can you talk about how this came to be? And if you think about doing more sets in the future?
2: Yeah, let's talk about that. That was my idea, doing that (laughs) set. Um, Because May the 4th was coming up, right? And we had to make something special. So um, me and Cold Blood, we were um, talking about possible on products to make and i just paused for a second now i was like what's what's even special anymore everyone's making like 10 custom parts uh with just one figure and like they're printing their design what what is special nowadays and then i went back and i i, I was actually inspired by um citizen Brick because they released a few sets as well. And and I was fascinated by by those. And I just thought of that. And I was like, how about we release a set that's never been done by us before? And let's just try it out. And we asked our designer, which he was really um, excited as well. We asked him to um, make the, the set it took us long enough, I, I have to say. It's a completely new new thing. And it took us long enough to make the set. We redid the set so many times. And then the packaging, the designing, the rendering, it was it was all different. But then seeing the final render, seeing it being released and people are loving it, it it's just one huge box ticked off of my checking list it's something i would never imagine doing but now we did it
1: i don't think anyone like, imagines you a, doing it no. yeah
2: as a lego and like star wars fan making your own set with your own figure it's just something it's a dream come true i, I get goosebumps even talking about it right now it's just so emotional
0: <laughs> congrats on that that's pretty cool I feel like I should come clean now, Brett. Are you serious? I think so. Just because I thought it was cool that Jack mentioned Citizen Brick. <laughs> <There. You>. <laughs> <laughs> wow!
2: Is, this is not a It's
1: wow, not.
0: It's it's Zach. it's not. This was this was I, I, very I was, close
1: was, hold information because we didn't want his DMs getting blown up. But if you want to put on the podcast. Don't,
0: don't do that. <laughs> don't. I, I have a kid. I have, you know, other things.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry for the little tease there. I promise you we will reveal what Zach said at the beginning of part two. In the meantime, I'd like to give a shout out to all those who submitted questions for this interview. Uh, I'm going to butcher some of these names probably, but here we go. Uh, UK custom figs, sand green mini figs. Winterwind, the bricks collector, Skip Brock, Shenandoah Brickworks, Pyroness, Jamel's Bricks, A Cookston Photo, Caenite Customs, Legoak or Lego AK, Michael Ludwig, Phoenix Customs, Kirpy and Her Bricks, Slug Films, Michael Ludwig, Stick Minifigs, Wild for Lego, Azork, Benda 1990 BFM Brick, Brick radioop DCS Customs, TJ Bricks, Just Burnt Bread, and Darth Bricks. Okay, so I'm actually editing part two right now, and it should be out shortly after. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks so much. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you next time. I want you on my rap. Bring me the next shiny new